Grab your favorite caffeinated beverage and get cozy because you are listening to Mindful as a Mother with Paige Bruce and Lindsay Adams. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for therapy or the therapeutic relationship. And the information given in this podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not intended to replace the advice of a professional. Hello, everybody at the Mindful is Another podcast listening group. I'm so grateful that you're here today. For those that are longtime listeners, hey, girl, Paige here. For those that this is your first time, welcome. Please pull up a chair or get your jog on or wherever you're at. I'm feeling your vibe. And let's chat. Let's hang out. So today is going to be a little bit different. I am using my new phone conducting headphones. If y'all want to know about what these are or where to get them, you hit me up. DM me, get in my inbox. But also I will be recording on Zoom today. So for those of you who like to see the strange hand gestures that go along with my long-winded tendencies, you'll be able to find that on our YouTube channel. Right now you'll find them at YouTube, Parenting with Paige. And so welcome. Today's episode is all about figuring out how to parent with patients, because that is one of the number one questions that Lindsay and I get in our group, but also just from our listeners, the thing that they always mention, and I have a long list of what's called pain points. Like I want to know what feels hardest for you as a parent. It's losing my cool, yelling at my kids, my kids not listening. And that list could go on, right? I'm long-winded. So my goal here is to do a dirty 30 and get you those three tips to parent with patients in 30 minutes or less. So here we go. Buckle up for the ride. Also, I'm going to try to limit my editing. One, because I'm not technologically capable, as capable as someone in my generation should be. I'm an elder emo millennial. But also because motherhood is real. It's not perfect. And so I don't want to portray perfection to you guys. This is parenting in the real world. We're here to smash perfection culture. So that's what I want to do. Okay. So let me tell you a little story to begin. My husband and I recently um, ended up with a spare room in our house. We had a roommate that lived with us for a long time. We called Uncle Ezra and our kids loved him. Um, And he decided it was time to move. I was like, okay, so we have an open room. I was like, well, what are we going to do next? Y'all know I have three kids. And if you didn't, now you do. And they're all girls. And I'm like, look, this is going to get real hard in them teen years. So we need to figure out something. So we turned it into a spare room. And then somehow along the grapevine, I heard down the grapevine is the keyword. I heard them talking about how my husband had offered the room to my father-in-law and how he's moving in and da, 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 da. I was like on and on and on. So immediately I'm like, why wasn't this a conversation? I keep asking you to have these conversations with me. Why was this a conversation, right? I'm thinking in my head, I'm getting fuming. I'm just like, look. So I get on my phone. I'm one of those people that has the typing sounds on my phone. So I'm like, and I'm just like, you did not offer that room to your dad without having a conversation with me. Send. And before I could like 
stuff all those words back in my mouth, that text was sent. One star, do not recommend doing that when you're angry. <laughs> okay. So we end up just like in this back and forth all day long where we're trying to communicate over text because he's at work, I'm at work, I have sessions. So we're not effectively communicating really at all. We're just like hitting in those pockets of our day. So tonight, that night, at night, we finally sit down and we have this conversation. And as we're talking it out, something he says to me just really resonated. And he said, you know, if you had asked me, hey, did you offer this room to dad instead of just attacking me or saying, you did not do this without talking to me first. My response would have been completely different. And I was like, hot, damn, I don't like to admit it, but you're right. <laughs> and so then I really started thinking about how this really applies in all scenarios to ourselves and in parenting, okay? So when we're in the heat of the moment, we are caught up in our emotions. We're riding the emotional wave. We're hitting the peak. Um, and the same thing with our kids, right? So I'm not going to address necessarily the kids portion of it, which I think would be a phenomenal episode by itself to help understand that, because I really want you to understand the impact that this is having on you, because it starts with you, the parent, Okay. And so I was like, man, how many times am I at the point of losing my cool? And instead of approaching the situation with curiosity, I just go head in on the attack. I'm just like, you better do what I told you to do. I'm not fighting with you about this. How many times have I asked you to do these things, right? Or my kid's having a really difficult day. And immediately I'm like, why are you acting this way? Why do you got that attitude? I'm gonna need you to go take some space. Um, what would change in this scenario if instead of going into attack mode or defense mode, like, why are you doing this to me, right? I approach it with curiosity. And I want you to do that and just reflect on that for a second for yourself. Approach it with curiosity by saying, why is this, why is this thing causing me to reach my limit? What's going on for me right now that's causing me to reach my limit? And that's gonna be a really hard task. If you've been around for a minute, and I know I say this every episode, but if you've been around for a minute, you know I love to talk about neurons and neural connections and what's happening in the brain and the brain development for kids, but also for adults as we learn, right? I taught this amazing lesson, which hopefully we'll bring back this year. And one of the, um, I love to use visuals. I love to use videos. I love to use living examples of things. So this was a perfect example about somebody who reverse engineered a bike. So if I move the steering wheel to the left, the bike actually veers in the opposite direction. So if I'm trying to go left, I have to turn the steering wheel right. Okay, so you're learning to ride a bike backwards and how it's like, oh yeah, I know how to ride a bike. This will be fine. But we've already trained our brain and created the neural pathways to ride a bike a specific way. 
So for us to unlearn how we've already taught ourselves to process something and relearn a new way to do the same thing took three times as long. He said it took him like nine months. And after nine months, he was able to ride the bike backwards. This is a great example right now of the grace one. I will always preach grace. The grace you need to give yourself in approaching these skills when you're trying them. But also that it takes a long time for us to unlearn these patterns that we've been practicing our whole lives. Okay. So if you have always practiced if you're going to watch the video, you'll see my air quotes, but for the pod peeps, I'm doing air quotes, practice, right? Because sometimes our responses, most of the time our responses aren't intentional. Okay. So you are unintentionally curving out this neural pathway to respond to something in this manner. So when you're about to lose your cool, you have quote unquote practiced yelling. You have practiced losing your patience. What I'm asking you to do is to approach yourself with a level of compassion and curiosity. Why do I get upset when I repeat myself? Why is my daughter having the sass of the century causing me to lose my temper? Okay, there's gonna be a lot of different answers and they're gonna be hard, but I want you to practice approaching it with curiosity. I want you to practice the same thing. Okay, ready? Here's the flip side. Practice the same thing with your kids. It's a lot easier to practice it on something you're seeing from the outside than it is on yourself and to self-reflect. Approach it with curiosity. Why is my daughter melting down about the way her pants feel? Why, this is a great example, why is my daughter acting so annoyed and speaking unkindly to her sisters first thing in the morning? Okay. And for some people, I've heard this a lot. It's just an excuse. You're excusing their behavior. You're justifying it. There's a difference. Okay. I'm not excusing your behavior. I'm approaching it with curiosity to understand maybe what needs haven't been met. That's making it difficult to accomplish this task. It doesn't mean I'm not holding a boundary. It doesn't mean there aren't consequences for our actions. It doesn't mean I'm not going to follow through. Okay. It does mean that that allows me to create the space I need to step away from the anger, right? Because now I'm curious. You approach it with curiosity, you create space in the anger to parent with compassion and patience. It doesn't mean you don't have boundaries and you don't have follow through, okay? So that's my first tip for you guys. Approach yourself and your kids and your spouses with curiosity. And this is most difficult for us. Okay. I'm going to give you a real example. My friend was talking to me about how sometimes my kids' behaviors bother her. I was like, okay, tell me more. One, that's a great example of approaching with curiosity anyways. Two, she was sharing that, you know, they jump on the couch or they get up from the table or they make jokes at the table at the dinner table. And that really bothers her, that really annoys her. And when she approached it with curiosity, she said, I realized that I didn't have those choices when I was a kid to do those things. So it really makes me angry when other kids do that stuff. 
that I wasn't allowed to do and I didn't have the option to do. Yeah, like that is really great insight. Insight into yourself. So that's one example. So we're going to talk kind of like a staircase. I want you to think of it as a three-step staircase. We're going to get curious. We're going to approach ourselves and our kids with curiosity. What's going on? All behavior speaks a need. You'll hear me say that again and again and again. So here's an example. That was an example of an adult, like why these children jumping on this couch really bothers me. Okay. A lot of people see this with messes. So like I let my kids play in the mud. And a lot of parents don't do that because it stresses them out or make big messes in the kitchen, right? So I've spent a lot of time unlearning that I'm not allowed to make messes or take up space as a child. So now as an adult, I embrace that. I am a crafty mom. I like to play with Play-Doh. I like to mix the colors. I like to play with paint. It doesn't bother me if clothes get stained. It doesn't bother me if we're covered in mud. It doesn't bother me if you're naked jumping on the trampoline in the sprinkler. For me, that is okay. That's a lot that I've had to unlearn in myself. An example for a child and approaching that with curiosity with a kiddo, my oldest is seven. She stayed the night with her cousins this weekend and had the time of her life, absolute time of her life. And those family connections will always be prioritized for me over, let's say, keeping a strict bedtime or making sure that she has all of the rest that she needs because we don't always get to spend that time with our family. So Monday morning, right? She gets home super late Sunday, like I'm talking like 11 o'clock at night. I wake her up for school on Monday morning and she's on it. She's having like meltdowns because her pants don't feel right and the tag is weird and it sits strange and she's just like totally melting down. Okay. I have approached that with curiosity. I'm like, wow, she's really tired. So she's extra sensitive to the way these feel and she needs more space from her sisters because the little things they're doing are really bothering her right now. Okay. At seven, she might not have the self-awareness to identify that and to provide those boundaries for herself. But as her parent, approaching with curiosity, instead of getting angry, you need to wear those pants. I told you to wear those pants anyways, right? It could have been a whole big fight, but instead I just said, what about these pants? And I picked like a nice cozy pair of sweats. It's like, if those pants don't feel good to you, why don't we pick a pair of pants that might feel good? And she needed me to walk through that process with her. And she's like, oh yeah. That's, I can do that. I can make that choice. Okay. So you approach it with curiosity. What needs haven't been met or are not being met? In what ways might they need to be met more? And once you approach it with curiosity, you have a better understanding of the scenario. Sometimes that's sleep. Sometimes that's hunger. Sometimes that's like when my kids are about to get sick or are sick, they need extra connection. They need extra cuddles. And it's not always convenient. I don't always love it but I know that they have a need that needs to be met. And if it's not met, we're going to see some behaviors. Okay, so I'm approaching it with curiosity. What's happening? If you're seeing new behaviors with your kids, what's happening in their life right now that could be causing these new behaviors? What need may or may not be met? Okay, so now the second stair on our staircase is becoming aware I phrase this as set yourself up for success, okay? So we're slowly climbing this ladder of self-awareness. We're approaching ourselves and our kids with curiosity. I'm gonna start with ourselves. So we approach ourselves with curiosity. We identify, hey, this situation 
you know, this is what stressed me out in this moment and made me lose my cool and flip my lid. A lot of the times the self-awareness comes because we lose our cool. If this is a point of guilt for you, reflect back to last week's podcast with Lindsay, because she talks about repairing with repairing a rupture, which is an incredibly important part of parenting. But when you lose your cool, you're modeling that you're human, that it's okay to have emotions. It's not okay to yell or hit, but that's what we're repairing. We're apologizing. We're validating their experience within that. And then we're modeling that relationships naturally have ruptures and they can be repaired, which is creating a a trusting, safe foundation for them to build other relationships in the future. So keep that in mind, okay? So I've approached this with curiosity and I've asked myself, okay, what's going on right now where I'm feeling really overwhelmed and I'm about to lose my cool? What do I need? What do I not need? You're going to use that, right? Step one, I can't make stairs with my fingers, but step one, we approach it with curiosity. We're starting kind of the self-awareness staircase. Step two is using the information you've gleaned from approaching it with curiosity to create a plan for yourself, okay? You're going to set yourself up for success by changing the environment around you based on what you know about yourself and about your kids, okay? One, what sets you off? How can we set ourselves up for success to not be included in situations or to limit those situations where we're going to lose them? And two, when you recognize you're at that spot, right? You approach it with curiosity. You're like, okay, yeah, when I first get off work and all the kids are screaming at me and there's lots of sounds, I'm like very close to losing it. What do you need? So how can we prepare the environment? And then when you get there, what do you need? This is part of our plan. We're setting ourselves up for success. Okay. Great example. When I transition, and I'm sure tons of parents can empathize with this. When I transition from work to home, I am literally leaving my office door. Like, it's right there. So it's not a huge reset. I am transitioning straight from being able to focus on one thing, which is work this entire time, to all of a sudden I have three of my children who are very excited that I'm home, very excited that I'm available because they didn't have access to me before that. They're all talking at the same time. They're all asking me for stuff at the same time. They're all screaming and fighting at the same time because guess what? Mom only has two arms, but all three people want to hug at the same time and they don't want to touch each other while they're hugging. Okay. So I started to get really overwhelmed in that transition. And I recognized, I was like, okay, Paige, what is going on when you transition to work that is causing you to be, feel like overwhelmed and stressed. And that was it. I realized that when I get off work, one, part of my mind is still on work. Okay? Two, I'm trying to immediately jump into dinner or whatever other responsibilities I have to do because we have a bedtime routine and structure. And blah, blah, blah. I'm not a huge fan of structure, even though we need it. It's in my nature to rebel against it, but I still do it. And then three, my kids all have needs at the same time that I cannot effectively meet without some kind of like, they're upset, okay? So now I'm gonna, I, I approach myself with curiosity. I'm going to manipulate the environment and create systems and setups for myself for success. What does that look like? Hey, for me, that looks like, okay, my mind is still on work a little bit, even though I'm trying to be at home. So I created a tiny, tiny routine that takes two minutes where I 
bookend my workday, which means I spend two minutes doing a ritual and I could go on and on about rituals, but a ritual actually is um, repeated events that happen predictable and consistent times, right? So I talked about this in my last episode of supporting your kids through grief and loss, but it signals your brain of a change, okay? When we participate in rituals, we start to, our brain is signaled that there's a change. So any kind of habits, routines, they're rituals. All kinds of fun words. Anyways, so I review my to-do list for the next day, make sure I wrote down whatever I needed to do and whatever I need to have ready for the first thing in the morning. And then I shut down my desk and I actually push my desk up against the back wall in my bedroom. That's my bookend. I know another really great tip that is out of a book I can't remember. So if any of you guys know the book, hit me up and let me know. But this individual would tap their doorway walking in, walking into their home to help signal their brain that like, we're done now. Work is done. We leave work at home. Or no, that was wrong. We leave work at work and now we're home. Even if you work from home, like me. But that, that was their signal. I know another one that sets an alarm on their phone with an affirmation of the type of parent they want to be. Patient, present parent. That alarm goes off. It's a trigger for their brain to set aside work now and we're focusing on something new, okay? I'm setting myself up for success. The second thing, I'm immediately trying to jump into dinner or dishes or cleaning up the kid's mess while I was working. Hey, that is overwhelming to me. I'm doing too many things at once and I can't focus. So instead of immediately jumping into the other tasks, I take a small moment, a couple minutes, so I, a small moment, but a couple minutes to connect with each of my kids. I'll hug them. I'll tell them how happy I am to see them. I'll ask them about their day. Sometimes I'll sit down and join them in whatever they're doing. And even this only takes like six to 10 minutes. I have three kids, so I deal with all of them. I just connect with them. And therefore, that limits the connection-seeking behaviors that come after that, right? So those are my things. My mind was still on work. I was jumping into other tasks and immediately starting to feel overwhelmed, trying to do too many things at once. And then all of my kids were needing things. And I couldn't meet their needs. I couldn't give them the attention that they were looking for. So then there was lots of fighting. And then I was even more overwhelmed. Okay. So that's how I set myself up for success. I looked at what was in my control based on the information I learned on our step one of curiosity. And then I implemented them. Okay. You can do the same thing with your kids. So my five-year-old goes to preschool. She goes at 1130 and gets home at 230, which is a very long day for her. She is so tired that I recognized, you know, I approached her with curiosity. She's coming home. She's really short-tempered. She's yawning. She's fighting me on putting her backpack on the hook and the, you know, the things she's supposed to do when she gets home. So set her up for success. Okay. So she gets home. I know she's already tired. I'll have a snack ready for her after she puts her backpack and stuff away. And then I give her that 30 minutes of downtime to just watch TV and hang out. She can do that alone in her room and take a nap. Sometimes she chooses to take a nap or she can, she likes to watch kids baking shows, which I love. So she gets 
this little tiny, it's like a 20 minute window before her sister gets home from school that she just has to herself where she can watch whatever she wants or she can choose to take a nap. Okay. But she couldn't set that system up by herself. She couldn't set herself up for success because she's not there yet. She didn't have the awareness, right? So as her parent, I approached the situation with curiosity and I asked what needs does she have? What can I, how can I meet those needs? And then we put in a system to implement, to set her up for success, okay? And then my tip number three, are you guys, you guys ready to be done yet? <laughs> I'm very long-winded. So tip number three, I want you to find what works for you. Okay. The number one thing I'll recommend and works for everybody is self-compassion. Okay. If you don't have grace for yourself with where you're at, what needs you have, sometimes we're super, super tired. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes we're exhausted after a long weekend or sometimes we're really exhausted after work, okay? Those are all things you need to approach with curiosity and then set yourself up for success by limiting the expectations you put on yourself. Okay, Fridays, Lindsay will preach this. Fridays, at the end of the week, she's done, done. She's done, done. She knows that. She knows she's too exhausted to parent effectively. Not that she doesn't pair, but to be, you know, on in that way. So what does she do? She sets herself up for success. She does takeout every Friday night and just relaxes and is like a blob with her kids. So they're spending quality time together, watching a movie and eating their favorite foods. Still positive, productive time. But she set herself up for success because she knows her limits, right? She approached that situation with curiosity, set herself up for success, by limiting the expectations she had for herself and ordering takeout, limiting the activities her and her kids did, okay? And then find what works for you. Find what works for you. So if you're at the point you're about to lose your cool, this is our last one. Set ourselves up for success. We're still kind of at that level where we're gonna flip our lid. We've done all the things, we tried all the things. I want you to find what works for you. Okay, and this is such an individualized step because I can give you um, self-care or coping skill techniques or tips or skills all night long, but you need to try them. You need to implement them and you need to follow through with them and then honestly reflect on it. This is, some, this is something that works for you. Okay. What works for me? I'll tell you this. If I get overwhelmed, like let's say my kids all had not a great day. Everyone's just kind of in a bad mood. We're all acting up for who knows what reason. I'm trying to get dinner cooked. I'm trying to get the kitchen cleaned. I will put in my headphones and I will watch a show or listen to a podcast. Sometimes I use noise canceling headphones too. So that way my kids are loud enough that it doesn't really cancel the noise, but it cancels enough that it limits the stimulation. So I'm not losing it. Okay. That works for me. Sometimes I take a break. I'm like, mom needs a break. Please don't talk to mom right now. That works for me. Does that work for you? Have you tried that? Have you allowed yourself or given yourself permission to take that space? Because you're allowed to have it. I just needed you to know that you're allowed to have it. Okay. So find what works for you. Find the things that help you decompress. Find the things that help you calm down. I teach another skill called stop. Okay, and you think of a big red stop sign. When you say stop to yourself, think of a big red stop sign because most of us are conditioned to stop at a big red stop sign, right? So 
picture it in your mind, stop. And it stands for stop, take a breath, observe, and then plan and proceed. Another thing I do, I take deep breaths. And I know that that sounds so lame to some people, but guess what? Biologically, physiologically, it works. Because when you are stressed, you're about to flip your lid. Your heart is pumping overtime. We're preparing for fight or flight. Okay, one, one way or another, we're going to use these muscles and these muscles need all the blood. We need all the oxygen. Okay, so if you take slow, intentional breaths, it signals your brain and body. It changes the biology. It signals your brain and body that you are no longer in fight or flight if you physically slow down your breathing. Does that work for you? Have you tried that? I had to take a licensing exam when I became a counselor, four hour test. I literally took deep breaths the entire time because I was like shaking. Why? Because it's like a $500 test. Also because it's kind of like my whole career. So I was so nervous. I took deep breaths the entire time. Okay. I'm going to give you one more and I want you to test them out. If you need ideas for more, I want you to DM me. I want you to DM Lindsay. I want you to email us at mindfulismotherpod at gmail.com. Okay. I want you to do all of these things <laughs> and ask, ask us what we would recommend. Okay. So another one, something cold, something hot, something sweet, something spicy. Any one of those, any one of those is going to give you the physical sensation to help snap your brain out of that. I know clients who dip their hands in ice, ice water and then flick it on their face because it helps signal their brain, hey, we are no longer in danger. We don't need to be doing this. Come out of it. I know some that hold like an ice pack up. I know some that straight up shove their face in a bowl of ice water. I give my clients Sour Patch Kids warheads. Oh, my Lanta, minty gum. Okay, anything that's going to stimulate. We're going to do hot. We're going to do cold. Sometimes my favorite thing to do to comfort myself is to drink a cup of hot coffee. Something about that just is so comforting to me. So I need to find what works for you. And by that, I mean, I want you to explore different coping skills. Keep in mind, we're learning to ride a bike backwards. Okay. So if this stuff is new to you, give yourself compassion and grace. It's going to take some time. Okay. But I want you to explore it. I want you to try them. I want you to try them for at least two weeks. I want you to consistently implement them when you can remember. And then I want you to do an honest reflection. Does this work for me? Is this something I can add to my toolbox? And if you need more ideas, I need you to contact me or Lindsay. Okay. So those are my three tips. That's how we build our staircase to parent with patience. Okay. One, we're going to approach ourselves and our kids with curiosity. What's going on here? What's setting me up? What's setting them up? Two, we're going to use that information to set us up for success. How can we change the environment or what can we put into place? to limit what's happening here in the overwhelm. And three, we're going to find what works for us. It takes time, it takes intention, it takes practice, but I know you can do it, okay? So those are my three tips to learn, three tips for parenting with patience.
All right. Thank you guys so much for being here. I hope that you found this episode valuable. If you did, please like, comment, subscribe, share with your friends. Um, let them know we're here because it really helps the podcast and it helps us get to you guys. A couple of things I want to tell you about. One, I'm going to do my mom fail. I love mom fails. And this is why. When I say mom fail, it sounds kind of um, harsh, but really it's something hilarious that happened that is not traditional where it's like, well, I, one time I forgot to pick my kid up from the bus. One time my four-year-old fell out of the stroller and I strolled it on top of her. These are mom fails and they, I live for them because if mom fails don't smash perfection culture, I don't know what does. So here's my mom fail. Teacher appreciation week was last week. Maybe you knew, maybe you're on Pinterest. I am not a Pinterest mom. So I was like, okay, I got an email Tuesday night that Wednesday, my daughter was supposed to bring a flower to her teacher for teacher appreciation week. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. Totally spaced it, completely forgot. Uh, did not have time to get to the store anyways, because I work till six or seven at night and then I have all the kids. So like, I'm gonna not going to take all three of my children into a grocery store at 7 p.m. to get one flower. Absolutely not. So the next morning I'm pulling out of the driveway. I'm getting ready to drive away. And I'm like, oh, I forgot the flower. So I run inside and they're like, oh, it can be something from your garden. Look, it literally snowed yesterday where I live. So there are no flowers in my garden right now. The tulips are not blooming. There's nothing for me to pick. So I ran in the house. She's in her car seat. And I was like, oh, guess what? I have a vase of fake flowers in our bathroom, if that tells you anything about my green thumb. And I picked out glitter doused sunflowers, fake sunflowers, gave it to my daughter. And while we're driving to school, she says, mom, were these supposed to be real flowers or fake flowers? And I was like, I have no idea, but isn't it so pretty, but it's like so glittery. And I mean, she didn't question it and she gave it to her teacher. But then later that week, all of the parents in the class get an email thanking them for all the beautiful flowers and sharing how the flowers gave the room a wonderful scent. And I was like, yes, I'm sure, I'm sure they did. Uh, so that's my mom film. Another mom fail from our group, Embracing Positive Parenting um, and Mindful Motherhood on Facebook was that um, this listener said that my husband left his uh, clippers in the bathroom and our kiddo went in there unattended and just shaved off a huge chunk of their hair. And I thought that that was hilarious. So if you have a bomb fail, please send them to us at mindfulismotherpod at gmail.com um, and we will include it in the group. We will include it in our episode. If you haven't yet, you haven't found us, I want you to look for us on Facebook because this is really the essence of our community. Lindsay and I love to reach out. We love to give free trainings. This is where all of our promos go. It's called Embracing Mindful Motherhood and Positive Parenting. Okay. And last but not least, Lindsay just released um, a wonderful mini guide on what is it called? Meltdown mini guide ages zero to five. Okay. So I just gave you a three-step process to help you understand and control your own meltdowns as parents. And she literally just released a meltdown mini guide 
on how to help you as a parent manage the meltdowns of your kids. So if this isn't a wraparound service, I don't know what is, but I want you guys to go check her out. So check her out. I'll put the link to her meltdown mini guide in the show notes. And also if you are more interested in seeing my awkward hand gestures and my wonderful hair day, you can find the video of this episode on uh, YouTube and my channel is Parenting with Paige. All right, guys, I can't tell you how grateful I am to be here and to know that you know, there's so many of you that listen to us every week. It really is like we get to sit down with our friends. So talk to you soon. Thanks for coming to Mindful as a Mother podcast. If you'd like more of us and Mindful as a Mother, you can find Paige at Instagram at Parenting with Paige and Lindsay at Linz underscore Adams LCSW. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, and in our Facebook group, creating community and smashing parental stigma, embracing mindful motherhood and positive parenting. Thanks so much and see you next time.